Welcome to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dr. Rogelio Ralzola, a PhD in health, exercise, and sports science, a strength coach with over a decade of experience in personal, collegiate, and professional settings, and a sports scientist whose main goal is to use testing and data to maximize your health and performance. And I'm Brooke West, holistic registered dietitian, practicing the perfect combination of a functional nutrition, science-based root cause approach, and hippie magic, with areas of expertise in women's health and hormones, gut health, and micronutrient balance. We believe that health is multifaceted, but not as complicated as others make it seem. Our mission is to share what works and what's BS in the health industry, all while having a good time doing it. Expect us to share everything from new research to tried and true health philosophies to alternative health therapies and the occasional controversial topic. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Ro and I am here with the Jungle Queen, Miss Brooke West. What is up? Hello. Oh my God. Happy New Year, everyone. So if you are listening to this, the day it comes out, it's January 1st. I'm sure some of you are tired, probably hungover, uh, <laughs> getting really excited for the new year or whatever you're doing. But um, thank you for for joining us on this first of the year. And if you're listening to it later, welcome to 2024. How crazy is it that we have survived, especially the past four years? I feel like since COVID, everything's been such a blur. Like, I don't remember any of 22, barely remember 21. Um, but yeah, new year, new me. Who knows what Same 2024 is going to bring. Oh, man, I am not. I can't even, you can't even begin to imagine, you know, because you're like, oh, well, like, I thought 21 was going to be this, 22 is going to be this, 23. And now you're like, I, the whole world's going to explode. I don't know. Like at this point, yeah, know. you know, we're, we're talking about um, some like environmental stuff and uh, chemical stuff today. And I'm like, we may be in nuclear fallout. Who really knows? <laughs> oh how do God. you, how do we, how do we, you know, fix that? I'll tell you, no amount of filtering your water is going <laughs> to, it's going to help with that. <laughs> That's a different podcast episode on uh, yeah. if you want to survive nuclear fallout of the apocalypse. We got to bring someone. You know, there's someone out there that's like, yeah, I've, I've I've thought of every scenario. I've got a bunker. Blah 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 blah. And I'm just like vaporize me, man. If it's if it's like that, I don't I don't care for it. But well, I saw these memes and I was dying. It was like me thinking I'm going to have a fantastic 2024, but then I find out 15 of the world's billionaires are building bunkers. <laughs> bunkers, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, what's like, on what, my bingo what card for this year? do you know that I don't know? Yeah, yeah. It's all good. As long as we know the location, then we can storm it. It's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope that everyone had a, a good Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Yule, uh all you know all those things that happened towards the end of the year there and everyone had a good new year's eve so um this is me saying hello to myself in the future hi ro you're doing great i hope you have a great year um also i want to shout out really quickly for christmas my um uh, my sister makes my sister and her husband her business make um like shirts and different kind of things and she got me this this zip up you can't can't see it um but it's like a half zip that says Dr. Raheli Razzola on it. And it has ROI Health. Oh. And it's very comfortable. And um, I, love I love that. it. So shout out to to her if you're 
you know, if you're trying to get clothes, embroidered stuff, like, uh, you know, hit her up. Shout out Ariana. Um, hit me up to see that. But yeah, it's super comfortable. I'm wearing it now. And I'm like, I feel official. This is good. So you're vibing. You I am vibing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all I'm all I'm a logo whore right now for myself. But, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, I feel like I've been rambling. How are you, Brooke? I'm great. I'm I'm definitely like lost in a blur of like sure. what day is it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been great. And I'm really excited because there's so much fun stuff planned already for 2024 that mm-hmm. I'm just like, let me out of the gate. I'm yeah. ready. That is exciting. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, so I know that you uh just mentioned that there are some things you're ready for in 2024. Uh, anything that you are like dying to talk about? I know we're going to talk about some stuff in this episode, but like um, maybe a little teaser for the listeners. Yes. So as I've talked about and alluded to on podcasts before, I'm transitioning away from doing just primarily one-on-one and starting to bring programs and masterminds out, which is exciting because it's an opportunity to learn and to grow in community, which is no sure. how passionate I am about that. And uh, I teased, I had a sale, I had a New Year's reset sale, which was super fun. And I actually teased the first two programs. So Purify is mm. coming up. I'll talk about that today. But then the second one coming in February is Breaking Up With Birth Control, which I've talked a lot about on this podcast about hormonal birth control and what it does to the body and how you can have a smooth transition off. And then like, what do you do? Whether you want to get pregnant or not, how do you start to track your cycles, understand your fertility windows? So we're we're going in. I feel like 2024 (laughs) for me is the year of shedding any type of filters and masks and layers. And like, this is just me. Like it's, it's just me. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to know, I'm going to speak a lot more of my truth. Um, which I feel like on the podcast, it was funny. I was talking to someone, I was like on the podcast, I feel the most unfiltered version of myself, which is very on brand. But, um, Instagram and my programs and what I do is going to start what I talk about publicly is going to be start start changing to reflect like what I believe because it's like this is crunch time people like if we're going to make it to the end of the world like let's get it in gear okay sure I like that no I mean I think that's great it's kind of lends to the metamorphosis that you've had over the past couple of years and um it's just it's it's funny to think that you know, I've known you for too long now. What do I think about it? 2016? Seven years? I can't mm-hmm. do math. Eight? I don't know. Um, and not, I can't think of like the, the proper word, but it's like you've always been this way just in maybe like a different part of your life or like a different like section of it. You know, like unapologetic or just being like hey like this is kind of how I think things are like it is what it is blah blah and now it's just you taking that energy which is you anyway and like just putting it towards things that are you know not like as mainstream but things that you care about and things that like you truly believe in and so that's cool it is it is neat to to hear that and I think that's part of the reason people still listen right is that they're like "Mm, like I know that I'm not gonna get you know some like sugar-coated answer to something it's like hey this is what i believe in and based on abc and you know here are my my thoughts and um yeah it's it's cool it's cool to see 
Yeah. Thank you. What about you? What are your plans in 2024? Uh, my plan in 2024. Um, you know, I've been thinking about there. I have some, we have some goals for the podcast. Um, I have some goals for business and then I'm hoping that I finally publish my studies. Um, if any of my professors are listening, um, don't hold me to that, but that's, uh, that's something I'm excited for, but for the business specifically, like I've, I have a couple people that, um, I've kind of been tinkering with to, to expand on, on like the, the service more. And, and it, a lot of it comes from like the conversations we've had over the past, like couple of years where I love training people. I love making them stronger. I, I truly believe in like all of the good that like movement in itself can heal you from or like all the good it can do and all the things that I can heal you from. Um, but I also know that it's tough for someone to, you know, um, try to do these things or like add a new stimulus to their life and their body when like their sleep isn't good and like their, you know, mental health isn't great. And like, I'm not qualified to do mental health stuff, but it's like, can we do like a basic check that says like, Hey, maybe the one thing you need is actually not to work with me, but it's to go see a therapist. Right. Um, <laughs> which are always fun conversations, but you know, doing things and, and finding ways to kind of um, have like actionable data insights to that. So it's not just like, yeah, my sleep is bad, but it's like, okay, like why, what kind of questionnaires and systems can we use so that we can run that out? Um, and then kind of expand that out to our relationships, our actions, our eating habits, and like the training or the therapies that we engage in. So just kind of building my, my business out to be more holistic, to look at things um, in a, maybe a different lens, but ultimately in my mind, it's like, so you can perform better, right? Like I'm still just like someone who wants you to be stronger, faster, fitter, but it's very hard to do those things when you are being kind of handcuffed or anchored down by other things, um, which is something we're going to talk about today. It kind of falls within that, that same thing, but, uh, yeah. And then I get, uh, you know, assuming that all things go well, I'll get married at the end of the year. You know, and by all things go well, I don't mean my relationship, but like assuming I don't die or something, but um, yeah, it's, it's already on my calendar. Good. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, like it is, it is an exciting year. Had a great 23. I'm excited to see what happened in 24, but um, yeah, life's good. I'll see two weeks from now. I'll be like, this year sucks already, but you know, and that's how I we got to hold our momentum past two <laughs> yeah. weeks. Okay. Nah, I'm like those people are like, <laughs> here's my new year's resolution. After two weeks, I'm like, I'm good, man. I don't <laughs> we'll try again. Forget, in 25. I don't need to change. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. See I'm in it this year. far. It was fine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, before, we, before we get into that, just a reminder to rate us, share us, follow us. Um, like I said, we have some goals with the podcast, trying to grow it, trying to grow it organically, and um, also trying to answer and have episodes that you want us to talk about. So if there's a topic that you're interested in, like, you know, this stuff is some of the some of the episodes we've had, especially since the rebrand, um, is stuff that we believe we want to talk about. But a couple episodes have straight come from people DMing us and saying, what are your thoughts on this? And, um, you know, us being like, yeah, we can talk about that. So this is a podcast meant for you. So as you give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, your emotional outbreaks, uh, we'll try to do our best to kind of 
make more episodes. So give us five stars, share us to all your friends, follow us, do all that good stuff. But getting into the episode, um, we do have a question of the week. Um, so Brooke, uh, this question comes in and it's how long does it take to recover when coming off of hormonal birth control? So kind of a great segue of that breaking up with birth control, right? Yeah, I got this question when I started sharing about the program. Mm. So this really depends on how you prepare for this because the prep should actually happen before you come off of birth control. There's nutrient deficiencies and different things that change when we start taking hormonal birth control. And so if we can start addressing and filling those gaps with nutrient deficiencies and really opening up the drainage pathways, which is really a fancy way to make sure that, say that we want to make sure you're pooping, (laughs) because that's how you're going to get the synthetic hormones out. So we want to make sure all this is already in place. And then you can have it just be like a three to six month process. If it, I mean, if you're really not prepared and if there's some gnarly stuff going on under the surface, it can be like a nine to 12 month process and it can be more difficult. It's, it's really weird to think about, but you are, you're almost like going through puberty again. So you can have different symptoms come up like acne or different symptoms with painful periods, like all kinds of stuff that needs to be readjusted. And so that can take some time. It's it was funny as I was thinking about this I was like it's really like you're you just bought a 1920s farmhouse and you're about to renovate it and you're ripping up the carpet and like <laughs> underneath could be the most beautiful hardwood floors that just need a little bit of love and they're great or it could be like rotten damaged subfloor. Sure. <laughs> like you just don't know what's under there because in some cases it's it's been there for me, it was almost 15 years. Mm. <laughs> so we just don't know. And so then we need to fix whatever hormonal imbalances are there, which it, which I argue is something we should do from the beginning because I think so many women and even young girls, they get put on birth control as a solution to fix a hormone imbalance, which I don't agree with. I think that this should be an educated, informed decision you make as a means to use it as a birth control method. But we're not. We're just throwing it at every situation. So, you know, even even things like endometriosis, PCOS, it's like, just take this pill. And it's like, no, why don't we holistically address it? And then if you choose, hey, I know everything and I want to take it anyway, that's fine. That's a choice. Um, So that's my thoughts on that. You definitely want to plan ahead to come off of birth control especially if you want to start a family. If you want to start a family, you know, I know a lot of women get really frustrated when they don't get pregnant. It takes a while, but like, this is why you want to plan ahead a year or two. Yes, that's correct. One or two years ahead to when you want to have a child, because you might have stuff underneath that needs to be addressed. So those are my thoughts on recovering coming off of birth control. Yeah. I have, I have a a question with that because I, and, and I know like the, the inherent answer is like it depends on a lot of things in the person, but I feel like I, especially, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the age where like all of my cousins and all of my friends are having kids. And, um, I think people like obviously don't talk about like their infertility issues because it is like a very sensitive subject, but I, I kind of on the opposite end, I hear a lot of people are like, yeah, I came off birth control and like we were pregnant the next two weeks. And it's like, oh, okay. And oh, I'm actually on birth control and we still got pregnant. So like, you know how, I guess kind of the natural question is like, well, 
how can it be like that bad if people can still get pregnant while on it and or like if it was almost like I was never on it in the first place. Yeah, those situations definitely exist. But in most cases, to resume a normal cycle, you're wait- you have to wait for that to happen. I would say, you know, most people get pregnant on hormonal birth control because they're not taking it correctly. They're not, they're missing days. They're not taking it at the same time. It's just like you're not having the stable, steady stream of synthetic hormones to stabilize it. And there's some windows of opportunity. There are also people, one of my best friends, she's like, as soon as I was off, I was pregnant. And so that's another thing. And if you want that, that's fine. If you don't want that, this is my case for why it's so important to start understanding your body as a woman and tracking your cycles and then plan for what you do and don't want. So if you know you don't want to get pregnant and you're coming immediately off of it and you want to give yourself some time, then you got to let those things stabilize. Start collecting data, taking basal metabolic temperature, understanding where your body is at, and then move forward. But you know, this isn't something where it's like, Every single person is going to be affected the same way like because that's just never the case. Right. It would make yeah. science a lot easier if it was, <laughs> but it's just never the case. Um, but but it is very, very true that, you know, the nutrition deficiencies are there. Micronutrient deficiencies are there. It's why you should start taking a prenatal when you're in your fertility window. A lot of those are naturally depleted by hormonal birth control. So there's ways you can go about this in a smart way, I think. Gotcha. I don't know if that answered your question. No, yeah, I definitely answered my question. I think it that's just like such a such a common retort, right? It's just like, well, my friend got. It. It's like, sure, all right, but also you definitely. could say, well, my friend is having these issues that we're talking about, right? So yeah, and I wouldn't, uh, yeah, and I wouldn't compare. You know, I know it can be super frustrating, and I have a lot of thoughts on you know hiding our struggles with infertility or uh, miscarriage or different things in our experience as a woman, but you can't compare your experience to anyone else's and all you can do is just focus on what does my body need right now? How can I support and give it that? And everyone is different. And, you know, fertility is going to be a big part of our conversation today. Uh, When we talk about endocrine disrupting chemicals, there's a lot of different moving parts and everyone's life is so different that those things are just challenging, but uh, definitely don't compare your journey to anyone else's. Sure. And before all the all the men log off and they're like, oh, whatever. Like this stuff applies to us too, right? It's not for the sake of like infertility, uh, but it's also like think about if we're looking at like the most quintessential male hormone of testosterone. Like if yep. you are being battered down by some things, like how do you expect your testosterone to one, be elevated the way it needs to be? And two, like if it is elevated, like having a, a rich enough environment to to be like, okay, let me use this specific for muscle growth, muscle gain, and feeling like a, a strong active male, right? Because, you know, like testosterone is not the most important or like it is not the only thing. Like there's a ton of other things. So this is not just a like female issue. This is literally a human issue of like, we all live in this world that is going to, or that is affecting us in multiple ways. And how can we kind of combat that? Um, Yeah. And I'll I'll start there by explaining it, but like just to, you know, it's starting to rain outside. So if you hear the the rain on the metal roof, just enjoy this moment of Zen with me. Um, But testosterone levels are plummeting. Like what, well, why is that? And we can't really put our finger on one thing and it's probably multifaceted, but 
you know, that's something to consider and definitely something I think would be fascinating to, to try to look at specifically with endocrine disrupting chemicals. But For sure. Yeah. So on that note, let's finally introduce what the heck we're talking about. So recently, Brooke did a Snack Time episode, um, episode 12. So Snack episode 12, actually, if you haven't listened to it, um, on why addressing endocrine disrupting chemicals could be the missing part of your health issues, right? It, it's kind of like invisible in a way because you can say, oh, I know I'm not running. I need to run more. I know I'm not lifting. I know I'm not eating my vegetables. But like, what's the air quality like in your house? What's the water quality like? These are kind of things that maybe you don't think about or it's like, ah, water's water, it's fine. Um, which, to be fair, I fall in that boat of like water's water, right? That We have water's these conversations. Water. <laughs> water's water. And so like, you know, we, we continue to have those, those conversations, but like that could be something that that is affecting you, right? Um, but that episode, um, the stats and then the questions that, or I guess the the information that she put out um, had people asking questions. It piqued some interest, um, especially when we were talking about like the costs associated with it, um, the disease states connected to it. And so we were like, you know what, let's spend more than 15 minutes on this. Let's get deeper conversations. Um, and this, you know, like really could be like a part one because there's always going to be more information. There's always going to be more um, maybe specific to one or two um, disruptors or like environmental concerns. Um, so we're going to try to do our best to kind of like hit as much as we can. Um, but then also note that like there's nuance to a lot of this stuff because you could live in a different part of the world, different part of the country. And, you know, like maybe the things you are doing is or are counteracting these things well enough. So it's like masking it, but also maybe it's not. So, those conversations are, are we gonna, what we're going to talk about today. So right off the bat, how can we start this off? Well, I think the first thing is people are going to ask, like, you know, what are endocrine disruptors? Yeah, so endocrine is referring to hormones. So a lot of the times I'll kind of use them interchangeably just because it's easier for someone to grasp. These are hormone disrupting chemicals, endocrine yeah. disrupting chemicals. That's really what they are. Um we sometimes you'll see them referred to in articles if you're reading the news there's been a lot in the news hormonally active agents endocrine disrupting chemicals mm -hmm. endocrine disrupting compounds toxins toxicants you'll you'll hear these words but essentially they're chemicals that interfere with your endocrine system and the endocrine system uses endocrine organs endocrine organs use hormones so it's basically just natural chemicals in the body that are messengers. Hormones mm -hmm. are like our communication molecules to the rest of our body. So very important. And hormones are really exceptionally potent chemicals. They're, they operate in very, very low concentration, like parts per trillion. So this is a very like beautifully intricate communication system that takes place between endocrine organs using hormones and talking to the rest of the body. So what happens with these disruptors or these chemicals is they can mimic or partially mimic naturally occurring hormones in the body like estrogens, androgens, thyroid hormone, and then it can inappropriately turn on or activate certain hormone responses in the body. Mm -hmm. So they can also bind to receptors and block hormones from binding to where they need to bind. 
they can interfere or block the way natural hormones and their receptors are made or controlled. So it can alter basically the metabolism in the liver. So there's a bunch of different ways it works, but these are like really annoying, tiny, tiny, tiny little chemicals that are throwing off this normal communication system. It's interfering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the the easiest way to think about it is if you have um, keys, right? Like there are keys that can go into a lock and they turn it and it works perfectly, right? But you have some keys that go into the lock and they don't turn. But now think about how that key just stays there. And so you're like, well, I got to put like my actual key in here to get in here. And it's like, nah, not through here. You have to go through a different door. So they have to find another way around, right? So it takes extra time, extra energy. Um, and that's really what the the messengers or the the mimics are doing, right? They're blocking either at the end point or the start point where this message is supposed to come from. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that like that's a, <clears throat> a really great way of of explaining it, right? It's just something is blocking a message that needs to be done daily, but hourly right like really like all the time right because as we are like going throughout the day our cortisol is is moving in flux with our melatonin so you're never really just like in a place where it's like yep this is what my hormones hormone levels are like when you eat something happens when you breathe something happens uh, yeah it's always in flux it's like i'm hungry i'm tired i'm sleepy i'm awake yeah i'm I'm doing it again like you don't know (laughs) i'm awake yeah Yeah, it's it it truly is beautiful i think you said like it's a it's a beautiful system because it is like this is how we stay alive this is how we have the the signal to grow or try to become better faster stronger like all this plays some sort of role um okay so then it's like great i understand that this is like a message or like it's a mimic that's blocking these messengers but like what are the things that are causing these blocks right is it you know lead paint was a huge thing back in like the 80s or whatever it's like that's why we don't use lead paint anymore um but things that we're using daily are still affecting us and some of it we're aware of and maybe some of it we're like, oh, I've been doing this since I was like eight. How is this an issue? Um, so can you speak to kind of those those things? So what's really wild about these endocrine disruptors is even really, really low levels of exposure can interfere because the system of our, our hormones, this endocrine system is so delicate. And what's even more wild is a lot of these chemicals don't follow the same toxic exposure curve where you assume that a higher dose is the worst. Like for some of these, it's, it's so interesting to look at the data because it doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't follow that you know toxicology monotonic curve. It's actually the lower doses that can cause the major damage and you know, it's very unpredictable per se. So I want to preface that because then it's this conversation of, okay, every every day in our lives, what are we encountering as everyday products? So it's the most important ones I like to focus on with people because we can control it. But it's your cosmetics. It's your food and beverage packaging. It's toys, carpets, furniture, different chemicals they use in mattresses and like flame retardants on sofas, like things that you just probably were not anything on your radar until maybe this moment. Um, 
what are some other ones? Pesticides are a big one. And then, you know, we of course have big endocrine disruptors like heavy metals, which I, I kind of tend to think about like its own ballpark. Um, but those are unfortunately in all kinds of things like our air, our water. And so basically we're coming in contact with things every day. And then through our air, our food that we're eating and ingesting, our skin and our water, that's how we're exposed or they enter and get into the body. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, you, you start listing these things and um, there there's kind of two thoughts where someone who is maybe on one side is like, oh man, this is everything. I'm so scared. Like, you know, whatever. Um, and then the other side is like, how is this not just fear mongering? Right. Cause you're like, oh, everything you touch is going to kill you. Um, there's some truth to that, right? Like oxygen in itself, if you have too much of it, like you die, right? <laughs> like this is just how it works. But I, I guess what's the, what's the pushback, um, for someone who's like, who's maybe on that, on that side where it's like, why are we worrying about this if it's like everywhere, right? We really can't get away from it. And then maybe in that same vein of like, well, like these things are found in nature as well. Like fluoride yeah. is found in the soil. It's found in coffee beans. Like it's part of plants because that's what's in the soil. Um, so how, you know, how can you kind of start to have those conversations with someone who's like, this is everywhere. Like, why does it, why does it matter? Yeah. Well, I'll give you two answers. The The no bullshit side of me wants to be like, it, it's, it's ridiculous and I get very angered by it. <laughs> you know, I like I shared something about how it's important to filter your water and someone was like, this is fear mongering. I'm like, I literally shared a meme and said we should filter our water. Like if you think this is fear mongering, there's something inside of you that's really, really scared that you need to address. And I guess <laughs> sure, I can have yeah. a little bit of compassion for that of like, maybe you're at a place in your life where you have way too much to worry about beyond chemical exposures in your life and like, right. okay, fine. But I get really frustrated because to me, this conversation is so much bigger than ourselves. It's a conversation in my mind that like actually points to activism and caring for the earth. So I get like really sure. passionate about it. And, um, you know, I think that like, I mean, compare it to any other activist movement, like should we give up on, you know, trying to save child trafficking like should we just give up because it's like a really big issue that's like this wild global problem and it's and happening like, anyway like, right yeah, yeah it's like well it's not it's not affecting me right now that i know of it's like what like no like this is a really big problem that we should just try to chip away at and do better each and every day and like try to make a difference at the root of it like grassroots maybe if looking at this whole big problem is really overwhelming zoom in on what is something right now today that you can do in your own life which is what i'm really encouraging people to do here like yeah. you're not going to be able to just like i don't know sit down with like the board of monsanto and talk to them about what they're doing with pesticides like that's unrealistic sure but maybe you could just not use roundup in your garden anymore to spray the cracks on your driveway. Like that's really what we're talking about. And if you feel overwhelmed, it's just take a breath and remember that tiny steps that you take and taking a little bit of action is going to help to temper that overwhelm. Yeah. I like what you said there about, about that because it's like, you know, we, we're unlimited in our, in our own ways of the things that we can, can't handle, whether because of like we're in different places of life, um, 
like mentally you don't have like the like I'm I'm not a chemist, right? So I can't like go in and, and change the structure of water and like blah blah blah. Like I don't even know if what I'm talking about makes sense or is real. Like, but I know that like if I felt called and I lived in let's say like uh Michigan where like the whole Flint, Michigan scandal happened with like the water. Like maybe you still become, happening, yes, by the way, yes, just yeah, in case. Exactly. Talk about activism. It's yeah. still happening. Yep. And and so like you are maybe you're not the person that's going to run for office there and finally fix it. But like you can be someone who filters your water. Right. And that's what we're talking about. That's what you mentioned, where it's like, what are the things that you can do right now that are going to help you? And like that may permeate to other things like, I don't know, collecting water in your own way and blah 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 but yeah i i just for context like this is about the things you can do right now to to help offset things that are really out of your control it's like how can exactly. i own this a little more um and so you know someone's like this is a lot of information or like how how do you even come to learn this right because i i know that growing up like we never had an issue with with tap water we drank straight from it until we moved to um, the house my parents live in now. And uh, it's like well water. And it was like, oh, this just tastes weird, right? It like didn't, it had a metally film to it. We didn't like it. And so we got like, now they buy like the, the jugs, the five liter jugs or whatever. But, you know, other than that, I would have been like, well, all water's water. It's all the same stuff. And now I'm living in one, two, three, four, five different places. The water all kind of tastes like a little different. You're like, oh, well, this is interesting, right? I'm still going to drink tap. It doesn't matter to me. So it's like, whatever. Um, but how does someone get into learning about this and like figuring out what these problems or what these things that may be in your water, your food, your air, like, and how that upsets or kind of, I guess, throws out of whack the, the endocrine system? Yeah. Well, first, I want to go down a couple of rabbit holes here, but the water is a perfect example. So you know how you, you'd mentioned there's different things in the soil that are just naturally occurring. So yeah. when wherever you've tapped that well, there can be different things and there can be different bacteria that grow. So, for example, like my parents' house has like a very iron heavy deposit wherever it is mm. that they're pulling the water out from the earth. So it has to get filtered differently. Um and there was the bacteria issue. So like you have to you have to know what's in your water. So if you have well water, it's it's awesome because it's just you to the earth. There's no middleman. There's no one filtering. But you need to get your water tested to see what's in it and then make sure you have the right filter to filter out anything that might be harmful to you. Mm. So like that's a different piece, right? Very different from someone with city water. Those levels are tested and they are posted on the internet and you can go look at them at the environmental working group. So you can see exactly what's in your tap water. And basically, the government decides safe levels of what to put in the water. And then sometimes they still exceed it. Like sometimes you go on there and it's like, this is not within safe well. Like, right. Okay, well, I, you know. <laughs> what but, are we testing this for? <laughs> yeah. 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 And you could argue now we know that some of the stuff just in very low doses isn't good for you. Like we know that halogens interfere with the thyroid. So that would be things like um, chlorine in the water. So we know that some of these things aren't good for our health, period. But the government has decided like it's okay. We're going to let a little bit slide. We're going to sanitize it. We're going to do the best we can. So that that's why you have to 
do a lot of education on your end just to like learn about these things. And, you know, and if you live in different parts of the world where I live, I don't have any of those. I have a spring and water gets brought to me through a spring and I don't have access to the same water filters as the U.S. So Mm -hmm. I have to like find other things. So it's like a whole thing. Right. But this is why I think it's important to start learning about these. And to be honest, this all started when I was struggling with my own health challenges with autoimmune. And then I was working, I still am working with one-on-one clients, but specific clients I want to talk about in the past that really opened my eyes to what's happening here. So I started using lab testing. Most clients that come to me, come to me with some pretty common groupings of issues. Usually it's low thyroid function and it's not related to autoimmune per se. It's just like the fun- the thyroid's sluggish. Why? Plot twist. It's usually endocrine disrupting chemicals and lack of micronutrients or poor digestion. We're not absorbing nutrients. So in theory, it's actually an easy fix, which is great. A lot of people come to me with fertility issues, working with men and women. So, you know, I've ha- worked with some incredible men who know that like the fertility is an issue on their end and how do we fix it? And so we're going through all of this together. A lot of people come to me for like period problems, hormone imbalance, including things like uh, cysts um, and fibroids. So all of these things started coming. And so I started going deeper down the rabbit hole and using testing. And so I like to test hair and tissue more than I like to test blood. If I am testing things like micronutrients and blood, I like to look at intracellular and extracellular. Like there's just, there's different ways to do it, but I really like hair. Uh, so I've been testing clients and I've been finding over the last year, especially, I don't know if it's just because I'm looking at this more, but I'm seeing really high levels of things like uranium and arsenic for clients, and it's coming from their water, and we were able to figure that out. And there was this crazy experience. One of my friends was like, you need to watch uh, the Aaron Brockovich movie because this is what this is like. And I was like, really? Okay, I'm going to watch it. But (laughs) basically what happened is I started working with different clients that lived in this one same town, and they had a lot of hormonal issues. And... So I started doing research because I'm like, there's just no way there should be this much uranium in your body. Like there's some, some, especially in certain professions, like we'll see certain things, military first responders, people who are handling, you know, gunpowder and firearms, like there's certain things that we're going to see, but I was seeing off the charts uranium. And so there's only a couple things that can really do that. So I, I got on Google maps and I started trying to figure out, you know, what was happening here. They were all on well water. So there's something in the earth. There's something in this specific place. There's specific regions of the world where, especially in the United States, like you'll have big mineral deposits and big heavy metal deposits. It's just natural. This was not natural. So then we figure out there is a giant fertilizer plant in this community Mm. and there is extremely high levels of uranium in the Mm. earth and in the water. And so it was causing radon, you know, to get into their basements and it was causing high levels of uranium in the water that the whole family was bathing in and drinking every day. And it was causing really serious issues, struggles with fertility, breast cysts, other things. So this is why I started zooming in to be like, holy cow. First of all, this is wild. It's like a big mystery to me that this is this even happens. And then second, I just got really excited because we could fix it. So we essentially, the first thing you would have to do uh, is remove the exposure. 
remove the exposure. Just like if you were in a house riddled with mold, we've got to get the mold out or we've right. got to get you out or you're not going to get better. You're not just so, going to sit in black mold, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, let's detox the mold. I'm like, but you're still living in the mold. Like, we, you know, like us detoxing, it's just going to make you feel crummier. Yeah. So, you know, that was figuring out how to pro- appropriately filter the well water. So that was done. The radon was remediated. And then it's really just establishing solid basics and then moving on into into detoxing these things out of the body. Um, So this is how I got into this stuff and like why I'm obsessed with it because I've found this with multiple clients and I've watched it transform their health dramatically in just four months. I only work with people for four months um, at a time. So it's this is what I was like, I got to create this program. And that's why I created like a whole program coming out in January about it, because I want this information for someone to be able to take it and to make over their own life. Like if a a huge VIP high ticket one-on-one thing is not your thing, totally cool. It's fun. We have a blast, but I understand that's not for everyone. (laughs) Um, I'm cool. No, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like it's cool. The experience is cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this program is much more accessible and you can take this entire program and you can clean out your whole house. And that's basically why I've gone down this rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, you know, we've kind of touched on that uh, uh, kind of we've talked on it a lot. Right. Is that like people hear this or they, you know, think, oh, look at all the stuff that's like killing us. Like, how do we, you know, how do we just like not just give up? Right. Right. you know, and, and I know we kind of spoke to that already. That's like, this is what we're trying to do. But if I'm an, a normal person who is, you know, a, a mom of four who's building a business and blah, blah, and she's like, I, you know, there's just other things I have to worry about. How do I, like, why, like, what, how will I make these changes? How will I, how will I do this? Why wouldn't I just like, like, if I start something, I'm going to quit, right? Because there's so many barriers in front of me. Um, you know, how do we, how do we change that? Yeah. I think why this happens is because once you open this door and you start looking at all this stuff, you have to accept some pretty gnarly truths and that can be really overwhelming. That's fair. Yeah. I I really, so I, I understand why. A lot of for a lot of people, it's like, oh, this is fear mongering. Oh, like, no, I, I get why there's a lot of resistance here. And I get why there can be a lot of overwhelm because you're like, once it, once it clicks, you're like, oh, my God, like it's it can be a lot. Yeah. But the thing that you have to remember is like a lot of the exposures you encounter are purely out of your control. Yeah. Like one of the things in rural North Carolina that my my one side of the family has to deal with is they still use low flying planes to spray pesticides on crops locally uh, in the that's county. That's good. They that's good for your yeah, for your breathing. Good stuff, huh? right? <laughs> so it's get you know, so like they they can't control that. They yeah. can't like go up to this congl- farming conglomerate and be like, don't do this. I you know, <laughs> I guess we get maybe have some activists that would chain themselves to the plane or something. But like <laughs> right. for the most part, these things are out of your control. So forget all of that. It is what it is. If you wanna, you know, get involved grassroots activism by all means, I'm here for it. Let's save the planet. But really, you need to focus on what can you change that it is in your control. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, like what's within your means that's going to make you feel comfortable? You know, maybe it's not buying a $1,200 distiller for your whole family, you know, water distiller. Some of those things are crazy, but there's options. And in all my programs and masterclasses and stuff I do, I always give bougie option and budget option. Yeah. 
because that's just like we need options. Um, and they always get a kick out of that. They're like, Brooke, what's the the budget option for this bougie one um, in the community, which is funny to me. But it's really what we do every day, day in and day out, and what we're exposed to every day, chronic exposures over time that are the biggest concern. It's not what you're doing once in a while or what you're exposed to once in a while. And then my other big thing is just to pace yourself. Like, don't listen to this podcast and then panic and throw everything away and all your right. cleaning products. Yeah. Like, don't do that, right? But maybe when you run out of Windex, you can look for a cleaner option brand, whether it's homemade or a, a different brand to have a better surface glass mirror cleaning thing, whatever yeah. Windex is supposed to do. My stepdad sprays it on everything, even the countertops. I don't get it. It's like uh, but, my big fat Greek wedding, right? It was like you just spray Windex <laughs> on everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like that. Um, so pace yourself. So we're focusing on what we can do. We're not going to beat ourselves up that we didn't know and or whatever. Like I know especially people start to panic. You know, when I work, people are like, oh, my God, like I didn't know this. And I've been bathing my kids in this. Like you didn't know. You can't yeah. fix what you don't know. Yeah. But, you know, pace yourself and let's just make one decision and one change at a time. And I really think that. In my opinion, it's this is a mindset thing. The education and learning about this and the awareness, this is going to lead to empowerment because now you know and you can take action from a place of knowing yeah. and even those baby steps can help temper that overwhelm. And this is a framework that you should apply to anything, by the way, health-wise, <laughs> yeah. like whether it's nutrition or exercise, like pace yourself. Do not go all it's in. It's what you do every day that matters. Don't go all in. Don't shame yourself. Like these are all pr basic principles of how I know Roe and I work with people holistically anyway. Yeah. Yeah. First thing you want to do is start lifting seven days a week and eat nothing but chicken and rice and vegetables. No. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I you know, the, the, the empowerment thing is, is huge. And I think so is like the, the overall message that we speak to a lot where it's like, we have to do this in baby steps. Like we, I just bought an air filter uh, two, three weeks ago. Like, not not the one that goes into your HVAC, right? But like its own air filter. And I had a couple of thought processes when I was thinking about, you know, spending like 120 bucks on this thing. And <clears throat> the first one was that like we have a new cat and Casey is allergic to cats. So like one already was like, mm, you know, that's going to have her own issues. And two is like, well, now we have this kitten that's literally running around everywhere. He's a freaking monster. He's a, uh, he's a, he's a menace. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm like, you know, what can I do to kind of alleviate her her breathing, right? Just something, something. Um, and then I was like, well, if that's enough or if that's not enough, and it was, thinking about her health all the time. But we also live in a city now. Like I live in downtown Baltimore. Um it's the first time since I lived in Chicago that I have been like essentially in the heart of a city and in Chicago it wasn't the heart of it. So I'm like, what are we what are we thinking of it, cars all the time, these factories that are on here all the time. And, you know, like there there has to be something in the air that is affecting us. And so I was like, you know what, if the least I can do is get something to like help with purifying our living room where we spend a lot of time where I know she spent a lot of time I'm gonna do that because like at the very least like I'm gonna breathe cleaner air here so that when I'm outside and I will be outside like at least I have a little a little little safe haven of like okay now I'm in a place where maybe my body isn't being like 
attacked by car exhaust and all the things that are going on. And that like that's a really small thing that you can do to just help yourself in the long run. And I'm like, how do yeah, I get I four that. more of these so that it's just like in the room, in the other room, right? Just like <laughs> just have the most purified air <laughs> ever. <laughs> It's in let's see, that's a perfect example. And now in an, a couple months or next paycheck or whatever, water filter. Like those, those are the things that you start yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to do step yeah. at a time. And I'm going to stay on you about the water because yeah. it's funny and because clean water is really important. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and yeah, I mean, that stuff like I would love to test my water just because I'm a data fiend. I'm like, oh, let me see what's in this, right? Um, but yeah, exactly. It's like small things. And maybe one day I'll even um, wash the vegetables and fruits that I get. But um no, you know oh my God. yeah yeah i i love that i'm like how do you think i stay so strong like i've had people's coffee hands just Ew. touching all this and i'm like sweet there's a reason i don't get sick oh maybe that's the thing it's all these what if all these environmental things are actually shielding me like yeah my testosterone's plummeting but i never get sick <laughs> so it's fine yikes <laughs> no i'm kidding do not think of that uh you know, we, we talked about like um, these the small things that we can do. And and I'm someone who's like, okay, I, you know, when we were talking about it, it's kind of like the, the inherent skepticism of like, why does it matter? But like, okay, I know it matters, but like, where does this go on the triage list, right? Because we have a lot of examples here of like money being an issue, personality being an issue. You're changing a lot in your life. Like that could be an issue. But like, how do I decide whether this is like important? Is it first? Is it last? Is it in the middle? Kind of want to get your take on on that. Yeah, this is one I struggle with all the time when it's like, like I wrote um, a program called Holistically Aligned and I love it, but it was so hard for me to put these modules in order because I was like, what's the most important? Sure. What's yeah, the yeah. second most important? You know, it was like so challenging. And I think environmental stuff was like the the bottom third, but <laughs> still important. Anyways, though, right? still important. But in my opinion, like you need to master the basics of an anti-inflammatory style of eating, like eating mostly real food, fruits, vegetables, whole grain, meats, protein sources, whether that's animal or vegetarian, whatever your source style is. So I think that has to be done first and that you're getting nourished and regular stable eating patterns. I just think this is a really big one for hormone health, which is what most people are struggling with, whether that's energy and cortisol or whether that's sex hormones. Regular stable eating patterns are really high up on that list. Hydration and electrolyte balance, really high up on that list. Moving your body every day, really high up on that list. And then Tough the drainage pathways need to be open. So like making sure basically that the first step is you're pooping stuff out or <laughs> what is the rest of the detox matter. So like all those things need to be in place in my opinion before we're starting to worry about intentionally ramping up detox pathways to get stuff out of the body. So I think, you know, pretty early on we should be learning about this so that step by step you swap things out. And I think that's a big, there are certainly things like air filters or water filters that are big purchases. But when it comes to living a more non-toxic life, it can literally be as easy as I'm making a water vinegar mixture to clean things 
instead of using chemicals, which is very inexpensive. So there's you just <laughs> need to like know vinegar. what you're doing. It like it's really not that bad, especially <laughs> when you're doing it with water. Like it's not that bad. You can put essential oils in it to change the the smells too. So there's different things you can do. Um, but essentially, like when I work with a client one on one. Usually we get to the detox part of things like two to four months in. Like sometimes people, it's mm, okay. really they're focusing on these basics and I don't even really introduce this till four months and I'm giving them the information to like keep on keeping on. Um, but it's so it depends. But what we don't want to happen, like I kind of alluded to earlier, is like if you have had this big heavy metal exposure or this big mold exposure or something that's interfering with your body right now, we don't want to ramp up detox while it's still in your environment and you're still exposed to it. It can make you feel way worse. And the first step would be removing all of these things from your environment. So a lot of people also focus on like, I'm going to do a detox. I'm going to do uh, supplements. I'm going to do IVs. I'm going to do all these fancy things. If you have not addressed the exposure in your everyday environment or the thing that caused this in the first place ahead of time, you're wasting your time and your money yeah. and you're going to make yourself feel like garbage. So those are kind of my thoughts on where this falls. It's like this should this should really start and happening in the background pretty early on and then happen over time. Like I'm not going to throw away all my beauty stuff at once. It was when I ran out of something, I did a little bit of research and I picked a better option if it was something I still used or wanted or needed. Yeah. So that's how you should go about it. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's fair. I think it's a great answer because like, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at things through like a, a meat head lens, right? Like, hey, you're so focused on getting your biceps bigger, but like, do you think your biceps are going to get bigger even like if you're not eating and sleeping? No, right? So, okay, you fix all that. Great. Now, some things you can power through, absolutely, for a little bit of time. But like, if your body is so focused on trying to, heal from something else or trying to deal with something else like it's always going to choose survival over bigger muscles like so what you know <laughs> then you then you're like oh well, let me just go and train harder you train harder things get worse because like hey that was not the issue it wasn't that you needed 10,000 more pounds of volume it's that like you might have like you work in a construction zone and you are around all this stuff that like maybe you should probably pay attention to. So yeah, just something to get you thinking about like what outside from your normal kind of gym routine, eating routine, life routine, like what is it that may be impacting you in a way that like you are not recognizing and is that worth it to, to go and like fix, right? Um, yeah. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to fix it, but how long? How long until I see these changes that we're talking about? Like, I have an air filter, right? Like, not that I had problems breathing, but like, it will it be years until I can like breathe normally? Or if I start filtering my water tomorrow, am I going to like have to wait till I shed all my skin cells to like finally look good or something? Like, give me the the rundown on people who are like, well, how long do I have to do this until I see a change. So I think this is one of the coolest things about this work is you get really immediate feedback. You don't have to wait like a month to to have like a little bit more muscle on you. Like within 24 <laughs> hours, <Hey now. laughs> you can feel better. 
especially if you're experiencing things like headaches and sensitivities to these chemicals, brain fog, nausea, joint, joint aches and pains, you know, you remove these things and within a day you can feel better. So, you know, I think that that's pretty epic. If you have some more serious exposures, it can take more time. You know, and what's really weird is having just gone through this heavy metal detox, you know, I had a big exposure, an acute exposure. I had had these metal fillings in my mouth for a really long time. I had them removed the safe holistic dentistry way, but it was still a thing. So then I took all these out and then I was like, I'm going to do a heavy metal detox to get the the mercury out of my body. So then what's kind of weird is some of these things settle into your tissues and then you're mm. pulling them out and your symptoms actually get worse. <laughs> we see this happen sometimes with gut health stuff. Like I actually feel worse before I got better. But that's only if you're going through like specific detox protocols for something. If you're experiencing sensitivities to fragrances, chemicals, even foods, and we start to switch up a couple things, within 24 hours you can start feeling better. So I think it's honestly pretty epic. Yeah. No, I mean, that's cool. It, it's almost the same way in that like, like, oh, I don't eat regularly, so I feel tired. And then like you have one day where you actually feel yourself and you're like, wow, I don't have brain fog. You're like crazy, right? It's like you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. So the ROI on this stuff is like very quick for some things, yeah. right? And then some Same on things. drinking water, by the way. For oh, people yeah. who don't like to drink water, like instant health. You know, I, and <laughs> I, I mean, we've had this fight for three years now, probably a lot longer than that, where I'm like, even when I drink more water, all I'm doing is peeing more. I don't feel more clear. I don't feel more awake. My skin is still beautiful. So like, what are we you're really not filtering your water. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> okay. You're not filtering your water. Done. Canceled. Uh, I don't think... <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not that's helping it. We're you. Done. <laughs> you're like, oh, you can only, only, only filtered water helps. The rest of it just, <laughs> just kills you. Oh, man. I mean, it literally might. Yeah. Go look it up. Now I'm curious. Or if you if you want to, I don't think it's that expensive. Test your water. I'd be curious I mean, to I see if it to. matches what the database says and then we can do an episode on it we can look at your water and talk about it let's do that i think that would be so sick yeah um okay so i mean like now we, we've kind of talked about like the all all this stuff and um i know we were talking earlier today about like what kind of like testing right like if if i'm concerned about this stuff like what tests do i need to do to make sure that I don't have something that's maybe impending my growth or health in, in some sort of way. So here's the thing about this. When it comes to endocrine disrupting chemicals, you don't need testing. We know that these chemicals cause a response in the body. We know that they should be limited as much as possible from our home environment that we control, the places that we can control. If you're having hormonal symptoms or disease states, which is a lot, and I'm going to list every single one of them because I want to make a point. <laughs> this is all through. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be that girl today. These are all backed by scientific studies. Low energy, brain fog, trouble concentrating, fertility issues, period problems, hormone balance, insulin resistance. I sound like one of those drug commercials. I know. Weight gain, <laughs> type 2 diabetes, <laughs> obesity, autoimmune disease, infertility, miscarriage, diminished ovarian reserve menstrual cycle irregularity, longer time to pregnancy, I'm only halfway done, decreased <laughs> sperm count, endometriosis, uterine fibroids, PCOS, early menopause, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, allergies, asthma, anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, cancers, immune dysfunction, gut dysbiosis, liver disease, kidney disease, thyroid issues. 
any of those things on that list, (laughs) we made it. If you are experiencing any of those things on that list, if you've seen any of these things in your family in this, this list, then this needs to be a part of your wellness plan and we don't need to test for like it, in my opinion. And if you're curious and you're like, really, Brooke, like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Go to the NIH website, go to the EPA website, go to PubMed and just look up endocrine disrupting chemicals and whatever it is you're concerned about. The science is there. Um, and I think that this is why it needs to be a part of everyone's holistic health care plan. That being said, I do like to use testing with clients because they're coming to me with these symptoms. They're coming to me with these symptoms, with these disease states, with these concerns. And they're like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what's not working. Here's what seems like it might be helping. Help me. So then I do use testing because it gives me answers to fix the problem really quickly. Likely, it's usually problems that have been there for years. But my point is that you can DIY this on your own if you don't want to invest in testing. And I use the hair tissue mineral analysis like I I suggested. You can also do blood tests. But there's just some really interesting stuff when you start reading about it that like a lot of this stuff gets stored in the tissues, especially when we're talking about heavy metals. So like that's why I think hair and, and looking at what's actually in the tissues is, you know, better than blood. If you know you've had an acute exposure to something like you had the metal amalgam mercury fillings for in your teeth, then maybe you do want to get testing to know exactly what your mercury levels are at so that you know exactly how much you need to chelate or get out of the body. So, you know, testing is up to someone on if they do or do not want to do it. I think that everyone should just start making these changes with or without testing. And if you do want to invest in some type of testing, um, test your water. Because I'm noticing that with clients, when we get the results back and we're looking at where the exposures are coming from, 75% of the time, it's from their water. Hmm. They wouldn't have those issues if they just didn't drink so much water, right? Oh, Jesus. Touche. Yeah, I I think um, I want to say two things. One is like, uh, obviously, I think you can can read that list or listen to that list if you have an hour and a half (laughs) um, and, and be like, Oh, that's everything, right? And I think that's fair, right? We there are a lot of links to the 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 things that we've talked about and chemical or endocrine disruptors. That makes sense to us, especially if you are someone like who is into disease or health and wellness. Like this all plays together. There is no like there's no compartmentalizing anything in the body. Um, but I also don't want you to like hear oh, like I have type 2 diabetes um, because of my water. It's like, it, you know, it could play a role, but like if you are not sleeping right and you are not eating right and you are not moving right, I don't, I don't care how, like personally, I don't care how like unfiltered your water is. Like that is not going to be the biggest impact. Like it will be these other things. Um, so that's not to, to downplay what Brooke just said. And it's also not to downplay that like these things cause or are linked to a lot of issues, but it's just to say that like, don't read that list and be like, it's because of this one thing. Like, no, the whole part of this episode is that like, we're talking about a lot of things interacting with one another. And if you have terrible health practices, but you drink filtered water, like, you're still going to have issues. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. 
Well, that's where I think we need to take some self-responsibility and mm-hmm. then go back to the triage list, right? So let's say yeah. you do have type 2 diabetes. Are you eating real food, anti-inflammatory style of eating? Is it balanced, stable, regular eating patterns? Are you moving your body every day? And mm-hmm. are you pooping? Just those, just those things. If you're doing those things and you still feel blocked, that's when I would be like, all right, like let's dig deeper here. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that that's something to keep in mind. And the 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 golden thread here with my giant laundry list of things, most of these are endocrine related issues like endocrine hormone related issues endocrine system diseases and then you have some outliers like liver kidney like you have some things where it's like okay it's just which makes sense it's like we're filtering our filtering organs could be sure. affected <laughs> yeah our nerves and like our systems with alzheimer's and parkinson's okay so like there's some things where but really the big common thread is most of those things are related to hormones because that's what these chemicals are, are really impacting yeah yeah, and and the the second thing I I like I I love the the testing stuff. I would love to like do a lot more of that in my not just like my work, but in kind of like my professional settings. It's probably the easiest way to say it. Um, but I think that that's like that's level a hundred, right? If level one is like if we're talking about like, do you have these problems? And yes, like the things that Brooks just talked about, we should do that. Um, but I think like level maybe 10 or 20, there's this like really cool questionnaire that I've started utilizing for some of my clients. And it's the uh, quick environmental exposure and sensitivity inventory. Um, it's a, I think it's like 70 questions. You just go through and you mark kind of like the severity based on illness or like if do you have food sensitivities um, when you when you huff paint, do you get lightheaded? Right. Like stuff like that. <laughs> Um, because I think that's a really simple way too to kind of check on how you're doing. And I don't think anyone leaves that with like a perfect score of like, nope, I don't have any issues. But if there's something pointing to, hey, you have a cognitive impact, um, you have maybe GI symptoms, like you're going to know that, right? Um, but maybe you're not really thinking about like how these things are like heart or chest related problems based on these issues that you're having in your environment. Um, And whether that's because you are like you live in the heart of a city or you work with pesticides or you had something that like really blew up in your face metaphorically. Right. And or or maybe literally and you have all this like dust that just got thrust in you. That's going to affect things differently. So that's kind of like that. Like I said, level 10, but it's probably like that that second level where it's like, hey, take this questionnaire. This at at a minimum gives me an idea of like the things that maybe you're dealing with that you haven't given a lot of thought to until now, till you put pen to paper. Um, And then that is like, hey, maybe we need to go to that next step of figuring out specifically what this might be. Um, And it's just two different, you know, forms of thought because I wish people would be like, take my blood, take my poop take my hair right but some people are like ah because it is expensive or they're just they feel weird about it it's like cool answer the questionnaire let's see if we can nail down something a bit more specific and if not then we're that's not like a main problem and we can go back to like the basics it's probably the best way to put it yeah i mean i love the testing like you because i mean at, at heart i'm a science nerd yeah data fiends know, trapped I want everything. in a hippie's body <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I think that the 
questionnaire route is just really accessible. I have people fill mm-hmm. out a questionnaire before we even get on a call, yeah, like a consult call to decide if I'm a good fit to work with them. Because that's like your body communicates with you so beautifully. And if you just know how to decode it and know what it means or what it could be connected to, that right there is going to give us so many answers. For sure. And then basically I take that form and I'm like, okay, here's what systems are affected and what I think is going on. And so here's the testing that's going to be the most beneficial. And then we go through that process. Yeah. So, yeah. I listen to your body. Your body is <laughs> your body knows like that right there is communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the news, I think it's like pretty recent. I, this was like 20 or 23. It was earlier this year, maybe the end of last year. Um, huge explosion in like the news cycle about like environmental exposures, like microplastics being in the water and being in your body. And like, do you know that if we cut up our skin, we can all make 17 paper bags or something? You know, like there's there's a lot of stuff going on about that. Um and it came into like, I mean, we were talking about things like receipts and everything. And I do remember one time I was walking with Casey and I took the receipt and I like threw it away. And I was like, ah, I don't want to touch that. And then I was like, what are we talking about? Because in my mind, right, like I, I'm not someone who even filters my own water. right? So I was like, what do I care about touching this? Um, but like, what are your thoughts on, on that, on the fact that we are, I don't want to say full of microplastics, but like there is a concern that it's in all of our food now, both animals and vegetables. And because we consume those things, it comes and is in us. It's so crazy to think about. The receipt ones makes me laugh. There's some good memes about that. (laughs) But basically that thermal paper does have BPA and BPS on it. And they're considered like forever chemicals that get absorbed into your skin. So, yeah, like like you said, though, there's other bigger fish to fry depending on where you're at in your health journey. But honestly, I always say no receipt so that they don't print me in a receipt because sometimes they can just not print you an extra one. Just let's save the paper and I don't yeah. have to touch it. And I'm so, going to throw it you know, away anyway. To you each know? their own. Yeah, it's like it. less trash, <laughs> yeah. less consumption, less paper. Win, win. I'm not touching it. Um, but they've done a lot of tests that are like crazy with the plastics. And really, this just makes me enraged about what we're doing to the ocean and to the earth. Mostly the ocean is, well, it's all sad. But they did a really big study and they found that In the blood of humans, we have microplastics and like microplastics are basically pieces of plastic that are five millimeters or smaller. So like they're like a sesame seed or smaller, which is crazy to think about. There's like floating around little pieces of plastic in your body. Like that's wild. Yeah. And then they started testing and doing studies on umbilical cords and they were finding all this stuff gets transferred through the umbilical cord to kids while they're in the womb before they even come out of the womb. So you could go really far down the conspiracy rabbit hole. It's like why we're seeing all these increases in certain disease states and issues, low testosterone, like learning disabilities, like all the things. Like there's a million reasons and it's fascinating to think about. But to me, I think the news just likes to zoom in and find something clickbaity to make you panic about. And I don't think that's the point we should take from it. I think the point we should take from it is to rethink the way that we consume and the way we purchase products. Like, and, and that's how I try to address it in my life. So like, I don't use Ziploc bags as much as possible anymore. I switched to stasher bags. They're like food grade silicone. So like, how can I do less consumption? Really plastics is a huge issue. Like that's one of the biggest things that we're kind of battling with on planet earth right now. Mm-hmm. So how can we use less of 
those? Like what are, what are some simple swaps at home? You know, it was such a big deal to get my parents to switch from plastic water balls to using a Yeti, which they still have not completely switched, but I bought them <laughs> these, the nice Yetis. Yeah. But they were using so many plastic water bottles. So it's just even just thinking about how we can start to influence our consumerism and then, you know, hopefully like that rubs off on our family, our close friends, and let's change the way that we do this because it's terrible for the earth and for our bodies and for animals. But like they were, they did a study that was crazy on um, PFAS chemicals, which are like forever chemicals. They're the per, pre and per and polyfluorinated substances. And just those substances alone, the damage it's causing to people and the soil and the water is going to cost $17 trillion to fix. Mm. Like, that's crazy. That's just one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, right now, like a really big issue, too, is uh, pesticides and glyphosate. And they're switching out of using it in the U.S. And they're going to swap it for some other terrible chemical that's going to get banned once we figure out what that does to your body. Yes. But it takes, I think, seven years at least to take soil that's been saturated with glyphosate and you know conventional farming to bring it back to organic soil like that's wild Mm -hmm. so all of these things have these really big consequences and so i think we just need to start thinking about our consumerism and this to me rings a bell on bigger problems in industry for sure yeah I mean, it's hard to beat capitalism, right? Um, I know that like we we buy Cool Whip. I love Cool Whip and they sell them like f- containers of four. And every time I was like, cool, now we have like reusable things to store our food in, right? And I, I, I think that like using that as storage at first was like fine. Although I didn't heat it up in the microwave like with the plastic, right? Because I think... I don't know, like somewhere along the line, I was like, I just don't like to do that. Also, the plastic is like really flimsy and I'm trying to make sure this thing lasts. But when you zoom out or maybe zoom in, it's like "Mm, heating this stuff up probably is not great because it's probably going to get into the food. Um, And recently we switched to just having like glass storage containers. Um, You know, Casey has, I think she, she had signed up for a couple of your modules before. And, you know, that's something you preach when it comes to like, just health in general, but specific to like fertility and stuff. And she was like, we need glass. And I was like, okay, let's get freaking glass, right? It's not a huge change, right? Like for us, it's, you know, did it cost $80 to get these glass containers? Yeah, but it's also, they're glass containers. They're going to last forever. And so it's like, this isn't, this isn't even an expense, right? It's like an investment for us. Um, But that's like one of the little changes that we've made. So air filter, glass containers last thing i'm gonna do 14 years from now filter my water um (laughs) but (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah just some of those things where it's like that like if our food is not never right but touching plastics less then you're really eliminating the chance for it to be an issue and i think that that's a small thing that we can do um but you know it's like it's so you know, in, in my Mexican upbringing of just like, hey, that butter is now storage. Oh, that it's now storage. Right. And I don't know if that's like a Mexican thing or if it's an immigrant thing or whatever, but like. I was definitely it's just... like that here in Costa Rica. And it was like that in the South. Like my grandmother's in the South used to do it. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it makes sense. You're a like, budget this hat, can hold maybe. food because it held food. And you're like, oh, yeah. touche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So, so, you know, I talked about some things that I've swapped out, some things that, 
you know, Casey and I have swapped out, but like if someone wants an alternate or alternate solutions to swap out products, like this was a lot, you know, I know that these are conversations we've had. So like for us, this is just talking, but if someone has never heard about all this stuff is freaking out or is at least being like, Hmm, this is something I should think about. Where do they start? Like what kind of resources, you know, specifically are you working on right now? Um, that can help them kind of transition there? I think like one of the easiest swaps that doesn't require a ton of like research or effort is to start swapping out plastics and thinking about that. Like the water bottles that you drink should be stainless steel or glass. I drink out of glass jars personally. Um, You know, that's like a really easy one. Thinking about all the places where you use plastics that you could use less. So that like would be a good starting point and swap for glass or stainless steel. Stainless steel Tupperwares are awesome because they're lightweight. You just can't put them in a microwave, but they're like great for snacks, like <laughs> taking snacks on the go. The <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure people have done crazy uh, shit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, there's like, I would just start swapping those things piece by piece. Where it starts to get harder is when we're talking about like specific products. Like what do I do to wash my laundry? That's not radioactive blue tide. Like yeah. <laughs> you just look at tide and you're like, this isn't good for me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, thinking about how do you swap these things out piece by piece? And it's this is such a loaded question. And this is like you could talk about it forever. Like you mentioned, there's so much nuance. That's why I created Purify. Purify is eight modules. Like for reference, it's think about this talk, but eight of them <laughs> for like each little piece, because it's also your household cleaners, it's your beauty products and what's in your shower and your bathroom cabinets. It's your air, like your the water. There's a lot to that, you know? I, we barely scratched the surface. So even sourcing high quality food and food packaging, thinking about what's in food packaging. Like a lot of people probably don't know that until very recently, all those canned foods were lined with BPA lining. Mm. So, you and know, you're like, oh, canned food lasts forever. With like, your apocalypse bunker, you're yeah. just having plastic <laughs> beans. <laughs> So you have to think about these things and there's a lot to it. So that's why I created a whole program on it. Um, and I can't get into all the details on the swapping just in this episode. But for listeners, I am giving a coupon code. So if you've made it this far past nice. my drug commercial ads, yes. you're going to get a coupon code. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to link it all below. But you'll basically get 50, 50% off, 50 50% off health unfiltered VIP at checkout. And the program is going to start January 8th. And then the program will be be there. It will live there for, you know, if you're listening to this a year from now and you want to go visit it. Um, so make sure to check that out. The coupon code is going to be valid until the 8th, until we go live. But then this program is going to be a resource that I'm always going to have there because I want people to have a really solid place where they can go. I've done the research. I've got I've got all the data. I've got everything in place. I've got all the swaps, all the brands, all the things ready for you. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what that becomes or like what it is. Right. Cause that's, that's so cool. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm sure people have modules like that somewhere on the internet, but like it's the first time hearing of it. I think it's a really cool thing that is going to have a lot of value. Um, and like, if we've been talking about this whole thing, then, uh, automatically, if this is interesting to you at all and it should be right, that's, that's a really cool resource. So, um, yeah. Like yeah. I get that it can be overwhelming to swip, switch to like we call it the non-toxic life. Really, it's like a low toxic life. You know, and I'm not an absolutist, you know. Um, I mean, like I still get tattoos. 
right. and tattoos <laughs> have all kinds of crap in them and it's going straight into my lymphatic system. But right. like, so it's really just like, how can we transition to a more non-toxic life, you yeah. know, and you pick and choose and just a little bit and reducing some exposures that you have every day. Like if you have a plastic water bottle and your big win is you're going to go get a stainless steel one or a glass jar, glass jars are so cheap, you know, whatever you pick, that is a huge win because that's every day that you're not drinking out of plastic anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it can happen in phases and it's really just about embracing this lifestyle over time. And it's, really fun and easy and it's not as you know expensive as people think i do a lot of homemade stuff that's super simple and i'm going to share all those recipes too awesome sweet well not to start anyone in 2024 as a fear monger right but we were trying <laughs> to educate um and maybe this is a year where you take a lot of those leaps and you know uh not maybe maybe start to think past like oh, i'm gonna lose 20 pounds like no actually like i think it'd be a cool resolution to be like i'm gonna use less plastic this year like awesome like hey you grab your water bottle like brooke said you won you won the whole year already <laughs> it's the quickest yeah. thing you could do easy uh, 2024 win yeah but we hope everyone has uh obviously like this episode was so cool <laughs> non-biased obviously um but i love learning this stuff and talking this stuff with you because it is just like something that is was outside of our our wheelhouse like for so long and now it's like mm, right this is all part of health um and i hope that it brought value to to people and it got them thinking especially as maybe they're listening to this a little tired like i said a little hungover. um <laughs> but you know thinking about the the changes they want to make in in the new year so um for the first for the first time in 2024 Brooke, would you like to do the honors? Let's do it. Cue that music. Nice. First one of many. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Health Unfiltered podcast. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, rate the podcast, and share this episode. Connect with me, Dr. Alzola, on Instagram at ROI Health. For more details on all things sports and human performance coaching, visit GetROIHealth.com. You can find me, Brooke West, on Instagram at WestNutrition.co. For all the ways we can work together on nutrition and holistic health, visit WestNutrition.co. And don't forget to send us your epic questions of the week on Instagram at HealthUnfilteredPod. Catch you next time.